Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chris Mead back for another episode of My Biggest Lessons. I got an interesting one for y'all today. I got my man Holt Davenport jumping on. And honestly, his first ever podcast, but he hit me with the damn coolest LinkedIn cold message I've ever seen in my life. I had no idea who Holt was until like three weeks ago. And he shot me the sickest message like, you got to teach like sales courses, bro. It was that good. So, so give everyone some insight. Like, who are you? Oh yeah, man. Well, my name is Holt Davenport, one of the owners of Patsy's Candies here in Colorado Springs. We do a variety of regular candies, also do CBD infused products, THC infused products. I've been in business since 1903, so we have an extensive background in candy making experience. We do a lot of things from chocolate bars, saltwater taffies, fudge, caramels, anything, confectionery, you name it, we can do it. So yeah, and the LinkedIn thing, man, yeah, that's how you got to go after people. You just got to hit them straight by the horns, man. You know, not a lot of people do that anymore, so... No, I love it. No, it was a good approach. So what captivated me was like your backstory. You're telling me a former drug addict, Mm -hmm. which was pretty interesting to read. And then also you sold your business, right? That's a crazy thing. And you're 27 years old. Like talk to me a little bit about that and what that business was. Yeah. So basically I started the first ever CBD manufacturing facility in Texas, right when the farm bill passed. My parents had a commercial kitchen where they were doing baked goods, brownies, cookies, pies, and stuff like that. So they already had the retail or the uh, manufacturing space. So what I did was I rented out a couple square feet from them. I started making tinctures, gummy bears, lotions, just by self-taught, learning on YouTube, uh, a lot of recipes, just a lot of research, trial and error. And started my own brand called Holistic Extracts. And what I did with that was I went to surrounding farmers markets, trade shows, events and stuff like that. And I grew it to be in 12 farmers markets across the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And from there, we were doing 12 to 13 farmers markets. And with that, we'd set up shop, sell tinctures to local citizens of the the cities and whatnot. And I was approached by one of these executives for American Express. And what happened was he's like, hey, I see what you're doing. I see the potential. Let's take this to the next level. And for me, I had started this business out of a sober living home with seven other guys and they're living with me. And so what I did was just set up shop there, sold out of my house, marketed out of there, brainstormed with some guys. And when this American Express executive approached me. He's, hey, let's take it to the next level. So what we did was we got some funding for it, really just put some marketing towards it. And we expanded. We started to go into national trade shows, really built a direct-to-consumer business selling off the website. And again, it was mostly tinctures. And from that, I really started to see the big picture selling to smoke shop chains, wellness stores and stuff like that. So I ended up just selling the whole business to him because I wanted to go a different direction. And from that, I met up with some guys from Global Tobacco, which is one of the largest tobacco manufacturing facilities in America. And we made the first ever hemp cigarette. And from there, man, we took that and ran with it called Wild Hemp. And and that's in over 20,000 stores today. And then sold my shares out of that as well. And then moved out to Colorado, bought part of Patsy's Candies. And it kind of just transformed this into a CBD manufacturing facility rather than your traditional chocolate bars and stuff like that. That's so damn cool, so, dude. That's a, all before 27 too. That's, 100%. that's wild. <laughs> and for me, I feel like most of it was just you kept doubling down. Everything I'd make, I'd put right back in there and really just kept trying to scale and scale. And uh, until now, it's really just been doubling down. I'm betting on myself and just trying to keep doing the right thing. So. Well, dude, so a lot of people don't know, and you probably don't even know this. My first e-commerce business was in hookah, hookah tobacco. Really? I did I, not know that. Yeah. So I had a, a college roommate came to me one night and he's, dude, my dad owns a sugarcane like plantation out in Jamaica. Let's mm-hmm. chop all this shit down, barrel it up, put flavors in it and go sell it to hookah shops. 
So my first like entrepreneurial journey when I was a sophomore in college was we'd go on a road show and my beat up Ford Taurus that would break down on the side (laughs) of the highway and we'd go into hookah shops and we'd sell the King, which was our shisha company, non-tobacco shisha. And Uh eventually we figured out nobody goes to a hookah lounge trying to smoke non-tobacco. So uh, it it was a good learning experience, but it was pitching. But the hardest thing that we learned was that we couldn't run digital advertising on Facebook or Google because it's such a taboo gray zone. So talk to me about that. It's a fucking nightmare to run mm-hmm. advertising and do marketing for a smoking taboo CBD brand. What do you do? What have you found that's actually worked? So for everybody listening, either one of two things are happening. You either A, have never known about the difficulty of running marketing and paid digital acquisition for a smoking or a CBD or taboo brand like that, or B, you're very stuck and you don't know how to elevate your brand because you're facing these restrictions. What have you done on the marketing side to try mm-hmm. to get the word out and like build the company? Because it's so damn hard to do. Well, yeah, like you said, the hardest part is marketing. Really, the only thing that we've been successful at is word of mouth. I can't do any Facebook ads. I can't do any Instagram or anything like that. Literally, the only thing is word of mouth. A lot of the posts that we post on LinkedIn and whatnot, since it also mm-hmm. is marijuana related, I've had three LinkedIn accounts now. So it's everything just gets deleted, pushed to the back. So the only thing that you can be successful, I feel like in this space is word of mouth. And the other thing is just sending out free sample packs, prospect packs. There's a lot of different smoke shop stores out there in the space, but the only way that we can get in front of them is sending them free product and then following up after the fact. Because in my experience, man, there's 10, 20, 30,000 CBD brands out there and there's 10, 20, 30,000 CBD stores. There's about a brand for every store out there. And these guys are pumping millions of dollars into giving away free product, trying to advertise trade shows. And again, I think the only thing is word of mouth. And that's the only thing you can be successful with. You see a few other guys do. And I was going to say, there's a few guys that have figured out like CBD MD have figured out how to advertise on Facebook. And I'm just like, man, I don't know how you do that because it's, they're not allowing anybody else to do it except these select few brands. So that's, it's been incredibly difficult for us. And we've only probably spent about $500 a month on marketing so far throughout our entire brand because we don't know where to spend it. Yeah. That's amazing. So when it comes to word of mouth, right, it's the same for CrossNet is how do I push people to see the game or promote the game or talk about the best time they've ever had out back mm-hmm. outside? How do you get somebody to, to spread the brand? Is it the packaging? Is it just the taste and how, like how good it is? What comes down to that? Because obviously you can only, you could, that's the most you could control. Yeah, I think one, it's the price point. CBD and THC products are overpriced. We are by far the cheapest brand out there, the most affordable brand. Two, we're a trustworthy brand. Everybody else in the space is a random brand that have popped up overnight and they're trying to sell. We're Patsy's Candies. We've been here for 120 years. You can look us up. We have a you know, great history, great reputation, treat people fairly. And then two, the taste. We make all our own chocolate products from scratch. We have our own mills here. We have our own proprietary blends and formulas. Um, so that kind of differentiates us from the market where everybody else is selling gummies and vapes and, and everything like that. Chocolate's a niche market. Not everybody has the capabilities that we have. And so really there's not a lot of competition for us in the chocolate space where there is in the vape side and the gummy side and stuff like that. So I think it's being unique, the story, price point, taste. What we say to every future store or distributor is we check every box. You know what I mean? Anybody you're looking for to do business with, I will check that box. And if I don't, I'll figure out some way to do it for you too. So um, that's for us, just trying to, to work with the customer and see where they need help with so we can help support them. 
Because that's really where we need the stores to be successful. Absolutely. So. No, there's nothing worse than selling product into a store and then it doesn't move because it's cool mm-hmm. to get the money at first. But if you're not getting the repeat orders, it's just uh, yeah. burning bridges. So, 100%. No, absolutely. So, the name of the show obviously is My Biggest Lessons. And obviously, one, selling a business is a ton of lessons learned. But buying into a business and now acquiring parts of Patsy, right? You don't you don't own the whole company? Yeah, it, I own a portion of it. It's still owned by the Nicewanger family. They're the third family that's owned Patsy's. They've been owning it since the 40s, so... Cool. Well, talk to me about that. So there had to be some massive lessons there. There's probably so many people listening that either A, want to acquire a business, buy a portion of a business, run it, like... Why was Patsy the right decision? What made you want to do that? And what are some things that you've learned from that? What you um, wish you would have like fixed and done for better? For me, partnering with Patsy's, I think it first comes down to the people that you're partnering with. I mean, you're going to be spending more time with them than you are anybody else in your life. So the Nicewanger family, it's ran by the older dad who's 82 years old. Their two sons and their daughter who are now in their 40s and 50s. And they're the most down to earth, God loving people that I've ever met. So when I met them, I'm just like, man, I, I think we could do some great things together because we meshed on every level. We respected each other, which was a big thing for me because in this space, there's a lot of stuff behind people's backs as far as partnerships and the hemp space. Mm-hmm. So I really did trust them. And then for me, I think it was their experience. I have the experience building the brand, getting sales going, but not on manufacturing. I've always mm-hmm. sold things, but never really produced them on a high volume scale. So they had the experience that I didn't have. So I thought we counterbalanced each other well. And then two, I think part of the, one of the bigger things was they already had existing businesses, existing customers, and they've been doing business the same way for a hundred years. So I think one of the harder things for me was coming into it was I want to come in here, jump in, running as fast as I can and getting new customers switching everybody to CBD or hemp products because the margins are better. And I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, we couldn't walk away from every customer they were doing business with for the last 50 years because I had a new customer with better margins. So for me, I think that was the most difficult thing was, hey, I've got a, a brand new distributor that wants to do XYZ at these margins, but it cuts into our existing customers and things like that. So that was my hardest thing was I couldn't convert this factory overnight to all my existing customers because we just didn't have the capacity. And we were also, the, and I think the other hard thing with Patsy's was we were running on outdated equipment. So all these old chocolate bar wrappers, molding lines, tempering units, they're all 40, 50 years old. So it's always fixing them, maintenance and things like that. And then one, they're a little bit slower than these high tech wrappers that we have nowadays. So I think it was just, The biggest lesson for me was I thought I'd hit it off, hit a million dollars every month out the gate. And that, quite frankly, was not the case, fortunately. So that's cool, though. And so it's a direct-to-consumer chocolate company and also selling direct-to-retail, correct? Yes. I would say 80% of our business is to stores, probably... 10% 10% is to direct to consumer off the website. Our website mm-hmm. is lacking really hard right now because one, we can't advertise to those people. And then two, our whole core business is going to the stores and selling to the stores and stuff like that. Of course. And so, that's been a big lesson I've even learned is like, you need to put the focus where the money is, right? Like spending all this time revamping the website, like spending $30,000 to rebrand it and put the focus there. It's cool and it may make you feel good and sleep at night that you have a nice pretty website. The money's coming from the retailers and the trade shows, like you got to follow that all yes. the time. And that's something I think we could build up because I mean, there's guys that we private label for that sell the same products as we do with a different brand yeah. on it. And they're doing $10,000, $20,000 a day on their website where I'm doing maybe a thousand. So I think the opportunity is there. It's just, I don't have, there's something that we're working on. You know? And I think yeah. I'd like to go direct to consumer this upcoming winter. 
and really hit that hard with the big marketing campaign and stuff like that. But right now it's just, we're one buried. And then two, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, it's something that I'd like to learn more and more about. What do you look for when you do these white label partnerships? I'm hearing more and more about brands doing it. Like what will you take anybody on? What's the yeah, requirements? For me, I, I literally take anybody on as long as you're going to sell the product for the, the prices that we commit to. I don't have an issue because for me, it's like, man, if there's so many brands out there, if they can get their hands on a chocolate bar from somebody else, they will sell it, whether yeah. it's for me or somebody else. So the way I look at it is I want the business. If you're going to go, if you want to sell a chocolate bar, let me make it for you. And that's for, for me, I think it's easier on the front end to get those orders out the door and, and going because you don't have to build anything other than where's your label and what do you want? So I think it's easier for me to do the private label. But as we're noticing, it's better for us to maintain our brand because the customers come back, they get, uh, and the customers get educated more. So they're, they know more about the product. We spend more time with them than the private labels. So I'd rather build our brand, but the private label, again, it's something that we're interested in. It's good sales. There's brands out there that are doing millions of dollars a month that I don't even know of. They have customers that don't know who I am. So for me, I think I'm the only large producer of chocolate in the CBD space. There may be somebody else that I'm unaware of, but I think if anybody's needing it, we're the go-to person. We do in-house printing. So if you send us a label, I can print the label, cut the label, wrap the label, ship the label the same exact day that you give it to me, given the quantities. And so that's, that's kind of where we built the business. So Okay. Is there any restrictions? Like, I'm just genuinely curious. Can you ship the chocolate anywhere? What are the government re- restrictions on like THC and like so? It, it, depending on who you hear from, I mean, some people believe certain things. So with the farm bill passing in 2018, they have legalized any hemp product that is derived from hemp extract. You're allowed 0.3 total THC in your finished product. So that meaning in smokable hemp flour that looks like the buds, you can only have 0.3% THC in there, which is not enough to get you stoned. But in an edible form where it's 14 grams of each chocolate, I can put 50 milligrams of THC legally in every piece of chocolate I want. So that gives us the availability to sell nationwide where these medical marijuana companies and recreational companies can only sell within the states. So for me, any edible below 0.3 is legal to sell. So I put 15 milligrams of Delta 9 THC in each candy and it's under 0.3 total THC, allowing us to sell marijuana products in every state. Technically, federal marijuana has been legalized for since 2018, no one's just mm-hmm. known about it. Fascinating. That's and crazy. we've been doing it for five years. And everybody's, if, if you look back on my old LinkedIn comments, you'll see people saying, hey, Holt, you're going to go to jail. This is, and then they'll be like, FDA <laughs> warning. And it's just like, everybody said I was going to jail. Everybody called me stupid. Look on LinkedIn now, everybody is doing it now. So yeah, that's amazing, dude. That's such a good feeling. So, what's mm-hmm. next then, right? So, we have this business. You've been there for a bit. Like, what else does Holt want to do with his life? My, it's fascinating. So this past year, we've invested $2.5 million in automated equipment, which will allow me to produce a quarter million dollars worth of product a day at wholesale. So my plan is we've got every machine installed now, except our last wrapper. So that wrapper will individually wrap each nugget, truffle, chocolate bar, whatever. And once I get that, I'll be off to the races. I've got a few bigger customers that I'll have come on board once I have more capacity. Um, So for me, it's just gaining more of the market share, getting more customers, getting more sales, and hopefully within the next three to four years, sell the business. I definitely think there's there's some private equity groups coming into the space, buying up some nice brands. And there's some bigger brands that have the footprint that we don't with the stores who I think could 
see our products and our manufacturing abilities and say, hey, we could put this under our brand and go gangbusters along with yours. So for me, it's just build sales up, build revenue for the next two to three years and, and try to walk away from it. So awesome. What's a typical wholesale order look like? Like for me, like with Walmart, right? Like we're getting 10, 20,000 units bought at a time. What's the ordering capacity? And how so frequent? basically all of, most of these stores are mom and pop stores. They're, it's okay. not a chain store of 60, 70 stores. I mean, we have a few of those, but not many. Yeah. So most of these stores are just for one brick and mortar location. And it looks from anywhere from $300 to $2,000. I would say our, on average, it's probably eight to $900 per store. And that's on a bi-weekly basis. And so right now we're in about 4,000 stores. So we're doing really well with this. And right now we only have one salesman. And that's, again, where I think as we grow, I'd like to get more salesmen on board, hit different avenues. Because right now I'm only focused on smoke shops, tobacco stores, and stuff like that. Where I could really see this product in every Circle K, Love's Gas Station, and those types of verticals. And I think the only thing they're waiting on is the legality. Everybody knows it's legal right now, but they think it's going to get banned in the next coming years. It's here to stay. There's no way they can ban this without banning the entire CBD industry. And so for me, I think I'd like to get those bigger customers. And I think one, I would scale so much faster with those type of partners and distributors where now they don't even want to touch me. You know what I mean? They think... CBD is taboo. They think it doesn't work. They think it doesn't sell. And the reason they don't sell is because they were selling bad products at unreasonable prices. I have the best quality product out there for cheaper than what they were selling that junk for. And that's where I'm like, if they gave, gave us a shot, I'm sure we could teach them how to be successful in the hemp space. It's just a, it's a little bit different than selling Coca-Cola and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's crazy. Well, when the time's right, I got I got the buyer's contact information at Love's for you. So oh, hundred percent. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, man. It, it, I think it just takes getting in front of those people because yeah. one, I, I think they have the stigma is it doesn't sell, but yet there's countless brands like me doing great revenue. And so that's where I think if they would give the right people the time of day rather than these not so great brands, I think they would really be successful. So yeah. No, absolutely. And that's a, regardless of industry, it's, it's so hard to prove that I'm just Holt from the internet, but you need to trust my brand and give me money so I can mm-hmm. put my product in your store and I promise it's going to sell through. And yeah. like I, ha- I dealt with that for so long trying to get my game into stores and then eventually it clicks. And I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing is just like building momentum. Hey, we yes. close these 20 accounts. How can I take that name and leverage and get into the next 40 accounts? Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep building up the steam. A hundred percent. So, sure. and I think that'll really take us to the next level because Man, we're doing this with no advertising, no real stores out there willing to give us a chance. The FDA is not giving us a chance. We're doing everything with everybody trying to go against us. And that's where I think they're going to redo the farm bill in 2023. And I think once they redo that, I think people are going to jump in once they realize it's not going to go anywhere. But until then, I think it's like you said, you hold on to the accounts you have. You try to get a couple more every day. And I think for us, it's just trying to put one foot in front of the other until these big customers are open to us. And and quite frankly, these other brands too, I don't think could even fulfill some of these orders anyway, because a lot of these guys are just co-packing and doing run-of-the-mill products. It's, I mean, I think we're the best fit for these stores. So I love it. Well, dude, I'm I'm cheering you on from the sidelines. I'm so stoked for everything you're building. Congrats on all the success. I appreciate Um, it, man. 
Where can where can people find you? Stay in touch. Is the LinkedIn account going to be deleted by the time this comes out, or what's up? Oh man, if it gets deleted, we'll have another one. It's been my third LinkedIn account, and man, they just don't want to see cannabis win. So we'll be there. Find me on LinkedIn. Find us on Instagram at Patsy's Him. But for the most part, LinkedIn man, check me out. Check the videos out, production videos, everything like that. So love it. All right, bro. Well, thanks so much. Let's stay in touch, and uh, good luck with everything. All right, appreciate it, man. Keep on killing it. So that's another episode of My Biggest Lessons. Each and every week, I'll be having one of my favorite entrepreneurs come on, share their stories, their mistakes, the things they wish they knew. Entrepreneurship's a lonely road, right? You only learn by getting better. You only learn by making mistakes. So I want them to come on, share their stories. If you have somebody in mind that you want on, drop a comment, subscribe, share with a friend. Let's get the best people in the world on here. Thanks for listening.